Players Podcast with Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, it's the building years and it's your your pal Jeremiah Watkins. And it's your leader, Justin Alexio. <laughs> Why are you the leader? I'm always the leader. Okay. And our sidekick this week is Bill Cott, everybody. Hey everybody. <laughs> welcome We're, welcome to the program, Bill. And I'm sorry here. that Justin's already calling you a sidekick. <laughs> well, you know what? All that matters is I'm almost titular because my name <laughs> starts off the name of the podcast. If you just stop at Bill. <laughs> Forget about ding years. We've lived the ding yeah, years. We've lived the ding years. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. So thanks for coming out here. You drove all the way from Pasadena. Yes, I did. That's uh, that's the farthest thing anyone's ever driven. Because most people, <laughs> right? Probably. Most people live in Hollywood. Why, yeah. uh, why do you still reside out there? You still uh, like it? Well, I love Pasadena. Originally, I just called it Pasadena because I feel like I'm a Pasadenian. Um, I originally moved there because my wife was going to be attending classes at Fuller Seminary. Okay. Um, and she's no longer uh, studying to be a minister. She and she and Jesus are seeing other people right now. <laughs> so, uh, so now we're just doing improv in Pasadena. We had already started up uh, one of the one of the offshoots of Improv Trick, which is my improv school, right in Pasadena. And we said, well, we've already got this huge community here. So, and, until I absolutely have to be in Hollywood on a daily basis, right, I'll be in Pasadena, and probably even then, I'll probably be in Pasadena. It's a, isn't it very family-oriented and all that? It is. It's a lot more family-oriented. And kind of what I do with Improv Trick is a little more family-oriented. I, you know, I've done a lot of work with Disney, so obviously that's where the bulk of the people who would want to come out and see me anyway are. Right. Uh, you know, they're, you know, Cause you are, knee-high. So. You, um, I have little brothers and sisters, and um, mm. when I first met you, they were about five or six, and uh. they, they knew who you were. They oh, were cool. like, they, they loved Wizards of Waverly Place. You play a principal, right? Yeah. That. So it would uh, used to play a principal. It's gone now. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's over. It's over. <laughs> is that different from like uh, you know doing regular TV gigs and stuff? Oh know, yeah, like- it's 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 a lot different. For for the biggest reason is, um, it's a little more. It's a little bigger. Yeah, it's a I hear bigger that the life. style is. Well, I I hear that the, they actually teach different workshops specifically for mm-hmm. that style of acting because it is much more. Yeah, it's bigger and more theatrical. And, and at the same time, it still has to be honest and ring yeah. through the kids. Because yeah. kids know. You Don't know, sniff they you out. straight yeah. through the BS. Yeah. <laughs> Is this guy acting right now? What's this guy's on? not really a principal. <laughs> totally. Was that, uh, no, uh, that was like a several year stint that you played the uh, the principal on that show, right? Yeah, four years. We did over 100 episodes. I wow. wasn't in 100 episodes, but... Uh, I got a little plaque that has my name on it that says 100 episodes. So That's great. At least I can be proud enough to be on a show, yeah, that had 100 episodes. So. Heck yeah. Was that uh, one of the longer, like, uh, recurring? Yeah. yeah. Longest longest running thing. Hold on a second. There's a phone call here. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Let's put I, them on live. I'm just kidding. I've actually Most been... importantly, I need to... Uh, <laughs> Turn that off. Yeah, it's okay. I've been, I've been guilty multiple times. <laughs> oh, my times. God. It's my manager. Uh, All right. Take we, it. We can, pause. We, we can pause. Yeah, we'll can pause. We? Okay. And this just in, Bill just got an audition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's how, how busy Bill is, which yeah. is pretty awesome that uh, he had to take a call. <laughs> that's actually kind of cool. Like, yeah. we have a guest that, like, has a good enough career. That <laughs> <laughs> We've had some stinkers on this show. No, just kidding. Uh, but, like, <laughs> like, it's cool that, like, that's, that's, like, the best reason possible for, I got to take this. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> totally. Um, well, I'll say my dry cleaners. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, one more, one more, one more, guys. My dry cleaners. <laughs> um, Bill, you've also I, I remember I saw something you posted on Facebook a while. You auditioned for The Office, correct? Long time ago, yeah, Wait, yeah. And um, yeah, I got there, and they originally had me reading uh, for the part of Dwight, uh, and I read for that, and then they brought me back in again. But then time had me read for the part of. I'm sorry, I'm not remembering the name of the character, the bigger guy on the show. Uh, Kevin. Is, is it Kevin? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. So uh, so then they had me come back and read for Kevin because I think, oh, they kind of wanted that. But I think they wanted somebody with a slower energy. You know? Right. Yeah. And he did a great job with that role. So I'm glad he got it. Um, but uh, yeah, that was fun. That was, you know, I had just come back in town from shooting the movie The Ringer, right. which shot in Austin, Texas. And I was kind of like out of the loop because I had been out of, I hadn't seen any of my friends from improv, hadn't seen any of the friends that I see on auditions. Um, and then I get right back in town and boom, here's this audition. And I had seen the British office like mm-hmm. two years before that, before it was even launched uh, at the uh, Aspen Comedy Festival. Because oh, wow. they had like a special screener of it. And I was like, oh, what's that? That looks fun. And then I realized they were making an American version of it. Oh, please, please get me on it. <laughs> and then, yeah became an amazing thing yeah and so yeah the ringer that uh, jeremiah said he really i actually really liked that movie and uh, it's funny we were uh, we we're checking out your imdb right before you came mm-hmm. over and i recognized you immediately as soon as i like we pulled up your imdb i was like i was like oh we're interviewing this guy today i like this guy <laughs> a lot <laughs> I, i've like actually like I, I started looking down your credits and like some of the screenshots and stuff from some of your different projects, on, yeah. and I instantly recognize you from Dude, Where's My Car and The Ringer. And I told Justin this before he got over here. Uh, you did a really good job acting because I thought you were actually uh, special in that movie. Thank you very much. So, that's, that's one of the biggest compliments I think that no, I get definitely. from people. And uh, the only time it was a problem for me was when... Uh, Variety listed me as one of the Special Olympians, and I was oh. like, "Wow, I punked Variety!" <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, yeah, um, you know, then they're they're not necessarily looking for me to be the fire chief and whatever. They're like, <laughs> "Well, the next time we need a Special Olympian, we can go look for this Mister Shot guy." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I I love doing that. And it was actually a uh, a character that I had been doing in improv since I started. Wow, you know, um, actually even before I started doing improv. I would do the character like on the on the tour bus when I was in in college in choir. Uh, I was one of those guys, uh, and so uh, I started doing it there and in the lunchroom and things like that. So I started doing it like we would throw it into sets at Second City and Comedy Sports and IO all the time. And then uh, when they started auditioning for that movie, they were like, "All right, um, somebody heard that you do like a really good like special person. Can can we bring you in for this?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I went in in character, which is what they asked me to do. Yeah. And Barry Blaustein, who was the director, mm-hmm. um, who was also a writer on one of the early Saturday Night Lives, mm-hmm. um, he uh, he was like, "Well, you're you're in my movie. I don't know where, but you're in my movie. <laughs> I love this character. That's so great." So then I wound up being Thomas, and uh, that was just a whole fun ride. Oh, sure. Yeah. Was that like just a great shoot and everything to be a part of? It was. It was. You know. Four months in Austin, Texas, which really? is the best party town in the world. Yeah, and uh, me and Jed Reese and Jeff Aaron, uh, and Jeff Aaron played the guy who says, "You know, when the fuck did we get ice cream?" <laughs> yeah, and he was in before that. He was in Super Troopers, the guy who like eats all the shrooms and oh, the yes. pot yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. 
So everywhere you walk in in uh, in Austin, which is a huge college town, people are like, "Dude, I'm getting you high." I'm like, "No thanks, get him high." Uh, but you know, everybody wanted to buy you drinks, and so it's a really fun party atmosphere in Austin. Really great bands, um, and then we had our fun community of like you know Special Olympians, and yeah. Getting like thirty hugs a day is really good for your soul, and that's what <laughs> totally like yeah. Sound. That's great. They're huggers. Yeah. So, uh, how long have you been doing improv? When would you say started you started doing improv before I was doing improv? Uh, I actually, the, the first time I recall doing improv was as an exercise for um, a production of Little Shop of Horrors that I was doing with um, Judy Rethwish, who was John Goodman's high school acting teacher. Oh, wow! And she sent him to Southwest Missouri State. Um, and so she was directing this community theater production and she said, you know, uh, well, we, we really want to use improv, uh, in this process for everybody to develop their characters. Mm-hmm. So everyone would get in a circle and you, they'd ask you questions and you'd have to answer in character and it'd be stuff about stuff that's absolutely not in the text at all. So that was my first time to actually improvise. Um, years later in college, I did a production of Scapino which is a commedia, commedia dell'arte. And so I played a character who, was, who had a lot of range to improvise all I wanted. We didn't do that much improvisation within the show itself, but it was a lot of improvisation in the uh, rehearsals. So right. we did that. The director was John Kelly, a really nice guy, uh, who was in Smokey and the Bandit, the original. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, he was a great teacher and... Uh, we did that production, but then I actually started performing improv with a group called The Network in St. Louis out of Catch a Rising Star, and that was when the big stand-up boom was happening, and every town had to have like five or six comedy clubs. Yeah, right. Well, they started up a Catch a Rising Star, which was like an A club at that time, versus the, the club that had been there the longest, the Funny Bone, which is kind of a B club, or at least it was kind of thought of and that And that's way. still around, right? Yeah, yeah Funny yeah. Bone in St. Louis is yeah. still there. Uh, Catch Rising Star, not. There's been right. like seven clubs that try to open in Union Station, and they've f- failed miserably. Yeah. Not due to lack of talent. There's always great people trying to open up a club there. It just, it just doesn't work. It's not. Now, St. Louis is having like a downtown revival where people go downtown to do things, mm-hmm. but at that time, it wasn't. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, I had some friends who had studied in Chicago at Second City and came back to St. Louis and said, hey, we want to start our own thing. I was like, great, I can do this. Uh, I had no training. So the first time I did it, I hated it because yeah. I fell flat on my face. Uh, and I said, no, I'm not coming back. And they said, promise I should come back. We think you can do this. We think you'd be really good at it. Came back the second time, I had a blast. And then after a year of doing that, I decided, okay, I'll move to Chicago. And I started studying at Second City. Wow. That's when I started really doing improv. I was doing make ups <laughs> with the network. We were doing sketch plus make ups right. Oh, man. People that call improv make ups How long were you in Chicago then? Uh, I was in Chicago for about five years. Uh, I arrived there, I think, a month or so before the auditions for Second City tra- uh, Training Center, Conservatory. Um, and I got a job at a bank because I was working at a bank in St. Louis. I was like, you got to have a job. Yep. <laughs> and as soon as I got hired in the touring company, which was like two years later, boom, I ditched the job, which was the <laughs> stupidest thing I could have ever done. Because when you tour for Second City, you, you do two shows a month. Oh. Usually, maybe you'll have a busy month, but you, the average month, two shows a month, each pays 75 big ones. That's dollars. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then you're on your own. 
So I didn't know that. A lot of, a lot of my friends had like, you know, oh, well, I have this job where I tutor and I can take off these days. And I'm a bartender, so I bartend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not me. I was a bank You're like, teller. I made it. I was like, great. And so I, <laughs> I kissed that job goodbye. And then, uh, then once I realized it was too late, uh, I tried to get back into the bank. Like, no, sorry. We yeah. already hired somebody for that position. The door's All closed. right. <laughs> so I became a host at Second City where I would like seat people, mm-hmm. you know, seat them along the rail, seat them on the side and... Uh, you know, lug giant buckets full of ice. And at one point, I was so so down on it that uh, there was a place next door called the, the that steak joint. And a lot of people would bring like their doggy bags from the steak joint over to Second City, and they get so drunk they'd leave the doggy bag on the ground. Well, several nights there'd be like a leftover steak. And I'm like, you don't get it. This is steak. <laughs> I've been eating donuts for five days straight. Yeah. So. So you you you've actually you ate it? Oh yeah, that was my life. It was between that or pretzels and nachos in the kitchen at Second City, and they started to keep an eye on that after a while. So yeah, that's that that's what uh, I love touring at Second City. When I was on the the you know the van and we were doing our shows and performing, that was great. I had one of the best touring companies ever. Yeah. It was me, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Rachel Dratch, Kevin Dorf. Uh, Ali Faranakian, and then some other people that were in and out of there. Uh, um, Rachel Hamilton, who was on like the first couple seasons of Thirty Rock, she's a brilliant improv teacher. Um, Pat McCartney, uh, who works a lot with Adam McKay, um, just like oh, an amazing, wow. stellar. Yeah. yeah, Francis Callier too. Yeah, yeah. So wow. Yeah. Now uh, I saw that uh, you did some stuff on the Dana Carvey show. Yes. Right. So were you like so? Uh, I'm sure over the years you've probably auditioned or been in the mix of a lot of different uh, sketch show auditions and that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. What was it like working uh, on the Dana Carvey show? That was really cool because it was almost like living my childhood dream, which sure. was to be on Saturday Night Live. Definitely. Right? Um, and I loved Dana Carvey. Like I was the guy oh, who yeah. had like a church lady poster in my do- <laughs> in my dorm room. Yeah, in, in college. totally. Uh, and so I was like, oh wow, this is amazing. Um, I had auditioned for Saturday Night Live the year before that and didn't get it. So I was crushed. And, and what year was that that uh, you auditioned for SNL? That would have been 94. Okay. So that was right around the Sandler and the end of Farley and all those guys, right? It was the same time that uh, that Dave Koechner got hired and gotcha. Nancy Walls got hired. Okay. And then I think Will Ferrell got hired the following year. Yeah, Will year. Ferrell got hired the same year. Okay, yeah. Uh, and uh, who else? They, they brought in a bunch of people that yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. It was a big turnover year. So, yeah. Uh, I, I Molly Shannon, I, I, I blew it because I did what I was informed by a lot of my friends back in Chicago, what I had to do, which was my impression of Jackie Gleason taking a difficult crap. I said, oh, you got to do that. It kills every time. We do it in sets all the time. I was right. like, okay, great. I went in there. I did it. And everything up to that was killing. Because they, they uh, informed me ahead of time. Don't expect laughter. Don't expect anyone to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, everybody on, on set is getting paid not to laugh at you at this point. Mm-hmm. And I started off with my Rush Limbaugh, and I was getting laughs. And yeah. I was like, oh, oh wow. Like, well, finally, it's here. <laughs> the moment is here. Yeah. Um, and then I went to that bit, and then crickets throughout the rest of the the audition oh. and then i went into uh i think it was ellen cleghorn's dressing room which is because they put us in all the dressing rooms of the people who weren't using it at the time yeah 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 and i cried uh, <laughs> and uh so and dave keckner came along and saw me crying he's like what's going on i was like ah, i blew it i blew it i know he's like don't worry about that from what i understand you're a virgin 
what he meant was, this is your first time auditioning. I was like, how did you know I'm a virgin? Because <laughs> I was. Because you know. I was. So anyhow, um, cut to about a year later, I'm waiting in uh, the uh, ABC offices in New York, mm-hmm. um, having been flown there, not yeah. knowing anything else, having never met Dana, having never met Robert Smigel or any of those guys. And Smigel stops in the, in the lobby and goes, hey, Bill. And I'm like, whoa. What? And he goes, can you do me a favor when you go in there and do your Jackie Gleason taking a difficult <laughs> shit? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, he goes, no, you don't understand. I saw you do it in your SNL audition. I thought it was hilarious. I was laughing because I knew uh, that it was funny, and I was also laughing because I knew that Lorne Michaels hated it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, as a favor to him, and very hesitantly so, I did it for Dana Carvey, who loved it. And um, <laughs> I got the gig. I got the gig. That's Me great. and Steve Carell and Steve Colbert. Uh, John Glazer, who is on uh, Delocated now, right. got hired for that out of, out, out of uh, Second City. And then, you know, six weeks later, it was all over. So we all scattered our different ways. Some of the guys went to work for a daily show, some for Conan O'Brien. Uh, I, I stayed there in New York for as long as I could. The money ran out, so I moved out to L.A. Sure. Me and Horatio Sands drove out here in my Ford Festiva. Wow. Two big guys. That was when he was really big, like yeah. me. Uh, and so the two of us guys in this tiny little car driving across the country. Wow. Did you see any cool stuff? Um, or any cool we, antics? The, here's, well, the, basically we were just, you know, like trading off. One guy sleeping, one guy driving because we were trying my, to get there. Yeah, as quick that's as how my could. brother and I did it whenever I moved out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mind-numbing ride at times. <laughs> oh, like yeah, I, I drove from from Kansas out here. That's where I'm okay, from. Okay, so you and, took the northern route. Uh, yeah, and it was just like across Kansas, there, there's so there's nothing for so long on the 70. Is yeah. like you feel like you're not even moving, and you're just like ah, I gotta mm-hmm. get out just out of the state, and then then I'll feel like I'm actually moving somewhere. We took the southernmost route, and we drove through Pecos, Texas, oh, in okay. the middle of a snowstorm, oh. in the southernmost route that you could possibly take. So the car did like 360s on the middle of the highway. Oh man! So let's pull over. So we pulled over, picked up a like a six pack of beer, and turned on like Doctor Phil or whatever was on. <laughs> Can't remember what it was. Some crappy TV, and then just drank a couple beers and waited for the snow to go down because it was blinding. You really couldn't see in front of you, and it was very unsafe. So stopped snowing. We drove the rest of the way. Um, I think we stopped. No, we didn't stop in Vegas because that would have been memorable. I think he flew out to Vegas after we got to LA because he had family there. Gotcha. So. Do you still uh, keep in touch with Horatio? Um, not on a day-to-day basis, right. but we see each other around the whole you know improv world right. whenever possible. Did now, I, I found this interesting. Uh, he lost like a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, did that? Do you think that that affected his career? Like, like no. going from like a bigger guy to like a little. I think bit it thinner? extended his life, and that's that's no. what I'm hoping to do yeah. soon, too, soon too. Yeah. I don't think it affects people's career. So often you hear people say things like yeah. that. Like, like actually, Robert Smigel joked with me during the Dana Carvey show. Somebody mentioned, "Wow, you've lost a lot of weight." Because I started, you know, I, I you know, I didn't have any of the worries that I had when I was, you know, living in Chicago eating yeah. donuts for, you know, like, oh, here's spare change. What can I buy the most of with twenty five cents? <laughs> Three donuts. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Um, so I was finally eating well again. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I had a bike. I rode it through Central Park, so I lost a lot of weight. And somebody said at one point, "Wow, you know, you're going to lose so much weight, you won't be playing any more big guy roles." And Smigel said, "No, don't lose too much." <laughs> he was joking, but right. you know, people really worry about that. And um, 
uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about that. Yeah. I think I think if I lose weight, I don't think it's going to affect me. I'm still going to be the same type of person. Exactly. And it's the Horatio same still is the same sort of guy, exactly. the same sort of irreverent still- guy who's just like, you know, you could tell just by the look on his face that something screwed up is about to happen, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that doesn't change whether you're big or small. Right. It's still, yeah, you still bring the same energy to whatever yeah. project that you're contributing to. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Uh, so you, you grew up in St. Louis? Uh, I grew up all over the place. I was born in St. Louis, uh, 1969. Um, wow. Very I, few Hollywood people will give their real birth date. I, I'm not fooling anybody with my looks. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, And then we moved to Texas because my dad used to write for, like, for corporations. Um, he would write you know, slideshows, speeches for presidents, um, or just like a, an entire musical comedy based on whatever their theme for the year was. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, he was just writing PR for. Uh, he had just stopped uh, writing for the space program, which was kind of cool. Wow. And then he got hired to work uh, Shell Oil. So we moved down to Texas, and then we moved back to St. Louis, and then we moved to Detroit, and moved two different places in Detroit, back to St. Louis, Pennsylvania, moved twice in Pennsylvania, back to St. Louis, wow. and then I started high school. <laughs> so, wow. is it yeah. was it hard to kind of? maintain any like friendships yeah. like it was but, yeah. it was because the the first friendship i had uh a really uh you know my best friend scott watson mm-hmm. I, I i now want to try to reach out to this guy and say are you out there somewhere in the world <laughs> do you wonder do you like see me on a commercial and yeah. go like hey that guy who didn't say anything in that commercial i played with him in <laughs> kindergarten uh, but um i think i think um from that experience, what I took out of it was a wrong assumption, which is, oh, when you move, they aren't your friends anymore, so you don't have to stay in contact. Right. A and lot that, of people it, are like that, man. A I know. lot. Like it's the proximity. easier in this world, I think, because mm-hmm. you can FaceTime yeah, on yeah, a phone yeah. or a yep. computer. Uh, you could really stay in touch with people. Yeah. But in that day and age, it would have been like, okay, now I have to sit down. I have to write an actual letter. Yeah. I have to do homework <laughs> to stay in touch with people who are my friends. Yeah. And all we have in common at this point is soccer. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, and Batman. Uh, but, Heck yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I, I didn't keep in touch with Scott. I always wanted to. Years later... Um, friends um, reached out to me that I had known from middle school and I hesitated communicating with them because it wasn't something that I did. It wasn't something that I, I, I didn't keep those I, I was in a habit of constantly making new friends because it was like a survival thing. Yeah. Because if you're not focused on making new friends, you're the outcast. Yep. Um, and uh, I was already an outcast by the sort of person that I was, you know. Um, so you didn't so. do any bullying in school? No, I didn't. I didn't. I actually posted something on Facebook today, which is, you know, based on this whole incognito, you know, Miami Dolphins thing, which is probably going to be out of date by the time this airs even. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I was like, now that I see how bullies interact with one another, I'm honored by the way they treated me. (laughs) Um, I wasn't really, I don't, I I think I was lucky enough to not have been picked on, I think because of my survival instincts, um, which was shut up and let them ignore you. Uh, or be funny if you're confronted. Yeah. And I was never really, I don't think I was really that confronted. There was always a bully here and there. I think everybody has a bully here and there, but I never anybody like persistent or anything like that. But I tried to avoid any sort of weirdness that could happen as a result of being the new kid. Yeah. Well, that's good. Keeping your life all healthy. Yes. <laughs> um, so you kind of told us the SNL story already. Do you have like mm-hmm. any other, this is the Hollywood bitch slap for our fans. This yeah. is the segment. They like our segment. Justin's favorite a- segment. <laughs> 
<laughs> so can you tell us any other times like where Hollywood was just like, you know, just bitch slap you to the face, any kind of rejection or? Um, there's, there's been a lot of them. I'm trying now, now that I'm asked to just narrow it down to one or two, I'm having a trouble. Uh, but like, here's one thing that really sucked. I love to do voices. So I do a lot of voices. Okay. Um, um, and then there was, it was right when the, right when the cast of the Simpsons was asking for, you know, a raise, which was a reasonable raise considering they were hired for this. What is this Fox? What network is it? How much money could it possibly make? Yeah. It's an animated show. Those never last in prime time. Yeah. So they were finally negotiating for what they were worth. And they brought in a p- bunch of people who were voice actors. And, you know, of course I wanted to stand up there and be like, sure, March. Ah, I'm taking my side, boys. I got, <laughs> I got all the voices. I can do them. <laughs> but now you're using me to put them over a barrel. Yeah. It felt horrible, yeah. Yeah. and yet I couldn't not do it. And I'm sure there was a lot of other voice actors who felt the same way. So, and of course, I didn't get the job. They, they, they you know, wanted to hold on to everybody as long as possible, just yep. so they could say, "See, these people sound somewhat like you." Right. Uh, and oh, then, wow. Yeah, yeah that's a that total sucked. That was a showbiz moment used, that sucked. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's another moment. This is. Uh, I don't even know if I should talk about it, but I'll I'll debut it here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I don't think it's any one person's decision, so I'm I'm not really that bitter about it. It's just the way showbiz is. Sure. But uh, about three years ago, I was approached to audition for I Love Lucy Live. Okay. uh, A live stage musical version of I Love Lucy, and you know, unless you couldn't guess it, they wanted me to read for Fred Mertz. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, great. I love Fred Mertz. I love, you know, uh, William Frawley. Um, And uh, so they said, you know, can you audition for it? We'll pay you, you know, you know, equity minimum, whatever. Okay. We did a, a version of it for backers in Las Vegas. Some people got interested in it, so we got a little bit more money. And we did it for, you know, pennies on the dollar uh, at the Greenway Court Theater. And then they asked, would you like to extend? Can we extend this? Yeah. And everybody was like, yeah, because if this goes... And why wouldn't it? Everybody's loving it. We're getting standing ovations every night. Everybody loves Lucy, literally. Yeah. <laughs> There's more I Love Lucy fans out there than Star Trek and Star Wars fans combined. Wow. Because think of this, all these generations of people sure. that grew up with that as one of only three television shows that there ever was, <laughs> yeah, right? right? Yeah. So right. they have a huge fan base. And I was thinking, okay, I will do all these shows for, for basically peanuts because I know it's going to be a huge success, and it is. It's been a huge success everywhere it's gone, which is yeah. a testament not only to you know the original cast and you know the original producers and everything, but also a testament to the great performers. You know, uh, Bill Mendieta, right. Serena Irwin, who play um, uh, Ricky and Lucy, and all the rest of the cast. Amazing people. Rick Sparks and a great director, um, and all the great producers. They did great work. They had all the best intentions. But um, when it finally came time to make a go, make a push with a professional production and take it around to civic arenas and put it up in, you know, Atlantic City and wherever else, just off Broadway or, you know, wherever, um, they decided to get um, some new players. And they told me that I was too tall to play Fred Mertz. I was like, well, I wasn't too tall when you were paying me pumpkin seeds. Yeah. So... um, that, that's probably been my biggest shaft from show business. And the thing is, um, I can't fault anybody for making that choice because what happened was, 
you know, they needed to bring in money people because the people who were producing with it, they had good hearts. They didn't have a lot of business sense. Yeah. So they brought on people who had more business sense who said, America wants to see something that looks just like I Love Lucy, which wasn't what we were doing. What we were doing is, hey, we're interpreting these characters right. as if we're given the script and now we get to play with it. You yeah. know, that's what we did. It's what they're still doing, I think, to a large extent. But they needed that silhouette. And right. Fred Mertz was a shorter guy. And I towered over the rest of the cast, kind of, because I'm a bigger guy. Yeah. Um, and so the new money people who hadn't made any promises to anybody said, nope, got to be tall. The old money people no longer had a say in whether they can hire me or not. And so I kind of got pushed out. Um, but once again, it's the business. It's the nature of the business. It's not any one person or any one person's up or down vote. It's somebody, actually, somebody at some point had to make an up or down vote, but unfortunately that wasn't somebody who saw me perform for like five months on that right. show. Right. It was know? just like a new person who's coming in who's yeah. just like, meh, too tall. Exactly. <laughs> this guy's too tall. Yeah. I don't know why he talks So about that's it. my Hollywood bitch slap. That's good. That's, well, pretty, I, that's yeah. pretty good. I think if you can take rejection, like that would just help you last longer out here. Because you, yeah. you, know, you have so much longevity in Hollywood. Yeah. Well, that's, you know... That's that's the the thing that I've gained most. The experience that I've gained most hasn't been like, wow, I do deeper character work now or anything like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, I learned how to take rejection a lot better. And believe me, when I first heard this news, I wasn't this calm about it. Oh, I sure. was crying. I was like, is it really my weight or what? <laughs> uh, my wife will attest to the fact that I was a blubbering baby about it. But um, you know, you learn to take the the rejection for what it is, and I think that's the real experience I've gained in all my time out here. Yeah, well, I mean, if you all you have to do is go to Bill's IMDb page, and you can see how <laughs> extensive the credits are and how many projects you've been a part of, and that you know that's a testament right there. That's or awesome. more importantly, go to a website called www.theimprovtrick.com <laughs> and come see an improv show with me, yeah, or yeah. take an improv class for free. Uh, yeah, did you want to plug anything else? Because yeah. that's it. That's all I have to plug in my life is improv trick. I've <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's been the bulk of my last year. You know, mm -hmm. there was a point I dreamed when I was taking class at Second City in the first place. Like, all I ever want to do is improv, and I, that's all I've done this last year. <laughs> uh, I I did, I think I did one episode of Kicking It in January of last year. Cool. My roommate watches that show oh, all yeah. the time. He's super into that show. I had show. never seen it before. I should yeah. have because I'm supposed to stay up on top of Disney stuff. But um, I did that. And I had done an episode of The Middle before the holidays that's mm -hmm. aired a couple times this year. Other than that, no new work. It's been all improv. So between teaching classes, performing, and doing corporate workshops, it's been all improv tricks. So that's all I'm pushing here today. Okay. I'm going to go check that out. And I've, you know, I've done a workshop at Improv Trick, and I will give the stamp of approval. Why, thank you. It gets you. the building your stamp of approval. Bill, thank you so much for coming by today. It was Thank you. Awesome Thanks for having day. me. All righty, guys. That was our episode with Bill Cott. Check out Improv Trick. And uh, Justin and I don't really have anything to plug this weekend other than have a happy Thanksgiving and be grateful for the ones that you have around you. We love you guys. Have a great weekend. This has been The Building Years. I'm Jeremiah Watkins. See you later.